In 2007, California passed and signed into law AB 1471, the first legislation of its kind to introduce any sort of requirement on the micro-stamping of firearms. Micro-stamping is a ballistics identification technology that's been met with a lot of controversy. It's body. Since 2007, states like Maryland, New York, and now New Jersey have been trying to push micro-stamping legislation to make it a requirement for semi-automatic firearms as well as handguns. There are multiple issues with the feasibility of this technology. Think it'll work? Take it. Bye-bye. Which we'll explain in detail, along with the progress of micro-stamping legislation in today's episode. And this week's Toy for Today Modern Militiaman is a good Samaritan who stopped a violent patron who was harassing customers in a Texas smokehouse. This is Toy for Today, I'm Zoe Warren. New Jersey is now looking to mandate micro-stamping on firearms, even though this practice has failed so far in California and New York. Looks like another unworkable gun control method that will do nothing but waste time and taxpayer money and infringe on Americans' right to keep and bear arms. I want you to give me the gun. There's another ballistics identification technology being driven down the legislative pike called micro-stamping. What is micro-stamping? According to the fact sheet produced by the National Shooting Sports Foundation, microstapping is a patented process that microlaser engraves a unique alphanumeric code on the tip of the gun's firing pin, so that in theory, it imprints the information on discharged cartridge cases. And the purpose of this technology, according to the state of New Jersey's Department of Law and Public Safety, is to enable law enforcement to track down which particular firearm ejected cartridge cases found at crime scenes. Governor Phil Murphy signed a bill to facilitate the rollout and adoption of micro-stamping technology in commercial firearms. And on August 22nd, New Jersey's Attorney General Matthew J. Platkin announced that his department has created a set of standards and an application process for handguns to qualify for New Jersey's micro-stamping-enabled firearms roster. Here are the criteria that firearms must meet to qualify for this roster. The firearm's firing pin must regularly stamp the alphanumeric code on the bullet cartridge cases. The firearm must have the same level of reliability as other commercial firearms sold in New Jersey and cannot physically deteriorate over time. The firearm must comply with all other state and federal laws. Attorney General Platt can applaud what his office believes to be a huge step in crime prevention. Thanks to Governor Murphy, New Jersey is a national leader in innovative approaches to reducing gun violence and micro-stamping is the latest example of that. Its adoption will aid our law enforcement officers in swiftly identifying crime, guns, and holding perpetrators accountable. But gun rights groups like the NRA believe that criminals will find a way around this technology quickly and easily with common hand tools. The NRA recently stated that since micro-stamping technology can be defeated in under a minute, and criminals acquire guns in a manner inconsistent with the theory behind the technology, this gun control measure only serves to burden law-abiding gun owners. The NRA also suggested that if this technology is mandated, criminals may choose to put law-abiding gun owners at risk by collecting cartridge cases they find at shooting ranges and plant them at crime scenes, therefore throwing off the law enforcement scent during their investigation. Even if these criminals are caught, many of the lawmakers pushing for micro-stamping are soft on crime 
and they don't seem too concerned with bringing criminals to justice. Just last year, Shore News Network reported that New Jersey State Senator Michael Testa accused Governor Phil Murphy of being loose on criminal punishment and holding law enforcement back from effectively performing their jobs. From opening doors and letting the convicted criminals out, to tying the hands of the police and prohibiting them from detaining minors with marijuana or alcohol, Trenton, New Jersey's capital city, has emboldened the bad actors and handcuffed the good guys. As a lumberjack, I've been cutting wood for decades. My job is pretty straightforward. I see the wood, I chop the wood. My axe goes through every time. You remember when everyone bought all the toilet paper? And they wanted me to wear these things? And someone invested a lot of money into this stuff. They say I'm part of a global plan. I don't think so. It's too hot, it's too cold. You know what? The weather changes. We even hear crazy ideas on how kids should learn. Here's the news, Dad. Is it, son? Is it? What about this one, Dad? Nope. It's hard to tell what's real and what's fake these days. There's just too much baloney out there. At the New American, they cut through the baloney and give me the truth. Visit thenewamerican.com and subscribe to get 50% off the cover price. And if you want an even better deal, use the promo code 10OFFSUB. Again, that's 10OFFSUB for more than 50% off. In March, National Review reported that a federal judge blocked enforcement of California's Unsafe Handgun Act, which requires that guns be equipped with micro-stamping mechanisms, magazine disconnect mechanisms, and chamber load indicators. Federal District Judge Cormac J. Carney stated that after the micro-stamping requirement was implemented since 2013, there hasn't been one new semi-automatic handgun that was approved for sale in the state of California. Furthermore, Judge Carney wrote that micro-stamping technology is not technologically feasible or commercially practical to incorporate into new handguns on a large scale. A peer-review study commissioned by the Department of Justice has confirmed the technological infeasibility and commercial impracticality of micro-stamping. And that's the reason that New York is still behind schedule with their certification of their micro-stamping requirement. Since New Jersey will be looking into the same study, they are unlikely to be able to put their micro-stamping enabled firearms roster into practice at least anytime soon. The NSSF reviewed the findings of this peer-reviewed study in their micro-stamping fact sheet. First, the study concluded that micro-stamping would be a costly and time-consuming process that would raise the cost of legal firearms by well over $200 per gun for both law-abiding citizens and our law enforcement personnel. The alphanumeric codes used in micro-stamping were found to be frequently illegible, and even when the study used scanning electron microscopes to read the corresponding gear codes also imprinted on gun cartridge cases that have been fired, it was discovered that a full gear code appeared to be rare and dependent on the weapon that made the impression. The study concluded that in order to get a full reading of the alphanumeric code, approximately 10 cartridge cases ejected from the same firearm would have to be collected from a crime scene. <laughs> that doesn't prove to be very helpful for purposes of crime prevention, since when firearms are criminally misused, assailants fire less than four shots on average. Now that we've covered the micro-stamping dilemma facing our nation, let's celebrate some positive 2A news this week. 
On September 2nd, Nebraska became the 27th state to implement constitutional carry, thanks in large part to Senator Tom Brewer, who championed the legislation. This means that law-abiding Nebraska citizens can purchase and carry firearms without having to undergo a permit process and other unnecessary government red tape. And now, for the gripping story of this week's 2A for Today Modern Militiaman, the brave Good Samaritan who took down a violent criminal who preys on the weak. Eating dogs, you pigs. One afternoon in mid-August, police received reports of gunshots at a barbecue dining establishment in Centerville, Texas. Authorities said that a violent customer entered the smokehouse and began acting in an aggressive manner towards customers. Then he entered their restroom and assaulted an elderly man, continuing to attack him even after he had knocked him unconscious. You sons of a motherless goat! That's when the armed Good Samaritan stepped in. He tried to stop the violent perpetrator, who then attacked him and knocked him on the floor. Wherever there is suffering, we'll be there. Line. But the tables returned from evil to good. During the struggle, the Good Samaritan managed to pull out his weapon and turned into the fight. And he fired two shots at the violent suspect, who then tried to flee in his vehicle. Authorities found the suspect pulled over on the side of the highway and transported him to a nearby hospital. This story shows that criminals don't always need a gun to attack. Though the Good Samaritan was armed, he was also attacked. If he wasn't armed, though, it's unlikely that he would have been able to win this fight. Also, it shows that practicing your God-given right to keep and bear arms can come in handy in a situation where a vulnerable neighbor, such as an elderly person, needs help. Kudos to this Good Samaritan for having the courage to demonstrate love for his neighbor by saving his neighbor's life. That concludes our program. My name is Zoe. Thank you for watching 2A for Today.